Howdy, folks, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of TGC Midweek. Jacob and Michael here with you again on the pod, continuing our discussion on the spiritual disciplines. Before we get into that today, Mr. Novak, how are you doing? Doing well. Excited that things seem to be opening up slowly but surely around San Antonio. Very slowly getting back to, I hesitate to say back to normal because it's not normal, but back to a... Uh, whatever normal is probably going to be for a long time. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good thing. Who would have thought it would have lasted this long? I mean, back I in March, it feels like forever ago. <clears throat> yeah. Our, our company is advised that we're probably going to be working from home until at least September 1st. So, um, yeah, this is, so I, I think I'm going to get a better desk chair. <laughs> yeah. Get a good desk chair and you should not shave until September 1st. Let's see That's that right. grizzly Adams beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it'll, it'll be a, a full summer of, of working from home. And then I bet once we go, once we go back, things are going to be different because they said that they're going to try to re-engineer the workspaces for social distancing. And our floor was already at like 110% capacity. So they're probably going to just have people share desks or something and you, know, yes. you only get a desk two or three days a week and figure out what to do the rest of the time. I've kind of chuckled to myself thinking about all these advertisements about contactless delivery mm-hmm. or contact-free delivery. And you just think to yourself, man, I, I just miss all that contact from my delivery people, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the hugs and kisses that I was giving them as they delivered my packages yeah. to the door. Or uh, uh, it, It's always been contactless to me. I don't know yeah. about anybody else. <laughs> or when they brag they about how... how I, I, no hands touch your food after it's cooked until it comes. Well, I should hope not. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're changing things for the better with COVID nineteen. Apparently, I hope eventually we get rid of the face masks. But uh, people washing their hands is is a good thing. We can keep that around. That's right. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. Um, speaking about things getting a little bit back to normal, you want to talk about uh, Sunday worship plans for this week? Yeah, this Sunday, it's looking like there's going to be an 80% chance of rain uh, on Saturday night and into Sunday. And so who knows? I mean, in South Texas, that could turn into a 0% chance in a matter of hours. But um, with with that in mind and with the fact that the heat is becoming uh, oppressive, even at 9 and 10 o'clock in the morning, and on top of that, with the fact that other churches, sister churches in our city and in our region are beginning to transition back to worship indoors. We are planning to make that step this Sunday to go back to the gym for worship at 10 o'clock. And we will have um, all of the precautions in place that we can take in order to provide the safest environment we can. Um, I just think it needs to be said that there's there's always going to be a risk, I think, uh, for folks. I hate to, hate to say that, but uh, we live in, in those times, I guess, now where coming uh, to worship on Sunday will be a little bit of a risk. Um, But we're going to offer two options, um, a physical option, and we're going to try to live stream this Sunday uh, so that folks can watch real time. um, And uh, more information about how to access that live stream will be coming your way uh, in the next day or two. Um, But we're going to move inside. Lots Lots of space in that gym to spread out. We will be socially distanced. We'll have our own chairs set up for folks to use. But if you want to bring your own chair, feel free to do that. Doors will be open. We'll be as contactless as possible uh, on worship uh, this Sunday, but we will be moving indoors, just FYI. I know that might mean that some of you prefer to stay home this week and would love for you to know that we will be indoors this week so you don't come and you're not surprised on Sunday when you show up. 
Sure. So, so no greeting one another with the holy kiss. No holy kisses. <laughs> um, no holy handshakes. We're gonna no. do. We're gonna. We're gonna. Uh, we need to uh, trademark the holy head nod. Yes, there we yes, go. There. <laughs> or uh, what's a, what's a word we could use for wave? The uh, the I don't know. Uh, the holy head nod. The I can't think of a good word, an adjective for wave that's that's Christiany or <laughs> biblical. I like the head nod. That's that's good. Yeah, that's good. There you go. Oh, the other thing, uh, I'll say this, talking about the holy head nod, Rachel saw uh, something this week where the hand sanitizer stations, you could put a sign above your hand sanitation stations, and they've come up with some cool Christian quips. One is, uh, we want to spread the gospel, not spread germs. (laughs) (laughs) We're here to spread the gospel, not germs. So sanitize your hands, people. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, well, very good. Let's very good. let's get into our, get into our regularly, regularly scheduled programming today. Uh, we're continuing our series today on on spiritual disciplines. Talking today about silence and solitude. And Michael, when you told me you wanted to talk about that, I thought it sounded a little bit odd. So, um, what are we what do we mean by this? Well, silence and contemplation. Uh, we mean um, quieting your heart in order to uh, be with God, uh, to spend time in His presence. Uh, so that you might find renewal, and so that you might uh, hear His voice through His Word and through prayer. And when I say hear His voice, like we mentioned last week, I don't mean uh, being quiet so that you might hear God's audible voice. I mean uh, being in tune or sensitive with how the Spirit is applying His Word to your heart and life and your specific situations and struggles that you're experiencing. And This is a spiritual discipline because we need to carve out silence and solitude in our lives uh, if we want to hear from God, um, if we want to uh, be renewed with His uh, presence or in His presence. And oftentimes, this is a really difficult discipline for us to engage in because we're just so busy. uh, And we tend to view the Christian life as doing things uh, and it's very weird or strange for us to think about the Christian life as being, simply being with God and being with Jesus. Um, and so this discipline really highlights that, um, that we've got to quiet our hearts if we want to uh, enjoy God's presence and find renewal personally. Um, and the other aspect about this is we do this and we do all of these disciplines, not just for our own benefit, like we mentioned but for the benefit of others. And so as we're quiet and and in tune and being renewed by the Lord, we're able to move out and be effective in our love and ministry to others. And I love how uh, an author, Mark Buchanan, puts it. He writes a book called The Rest of God, talking about Sabbath. And he, he says this, if people are stopping to listen to you, who are you stopping to listen to? All authority is derived. Either God gives us words or we're only giving opinions. Our speaking comes out of our listening. What we say comes from what we hear. And so I love the idea that we have to receive words from God so that we can move out and sustain others that are weary with a good word ourselves. And so uh, another way to think about it is we're not going to be effective at giving other people that which we're not receiving ourselves. Or in other words, we can't effectively lead people to where we have not been or at least are going. 
And so when we think about how we uh, want to minister to others and love them, great questions to ask is, um, uh, are we experiencing what we want for others in our own life? Are we growing in those areas? Have we been there? Are we implementing those desires in our own life? And for this to happen, we've got to cultivate silence, solitude, and contemplation so that we can commune with, with Jesus. And so um, in meditation, in silence and solitude, the focus really shifts from our anxiety-driven behavior, us doing things, to spiritual insight, us simply just being as we concentrate on the, the character of God and the words of Scripture. And so um, it's hard for us because it requires us to stop. Um, but I love how Paul Miller puts it in his book, The Praying Life. He says this, Any relationship, if it's going to grow, needs private space, time together without an agenda, where you can get to know each other. Efficiency, multitasking, and busyness all kill intimacy. In short, you can't get to know God on the fly. And so this idea of intimacy with God, it has to happen as we carve out quiet spaces in our life. And so um, that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk yeah. about silence and solitude. So, so it really seems like the, uh, the role of silence and solitude within all these spiritual disciplines is really to, um, I guess, provide you a space to pursue the others or um, to allow you to engage in the other spiritual disciplines like prayer and scripture reading at a deeper level? Yes, you could say that. And so silence and solitude uh, allow the opportunity. They're the home uh, where you can actually engage in prayer and scripture reading um, in, in um, uh, a substantial way. But also I think there's something to be said for simply being silent before the Lord. Um, and calming your heart, uh, allowing things to settle, so to speak. I've got the idea of um, water in a pond after it's been walked through, and it becomes muddy and murky. And then once it's allowed to settle, it becomes clear. And I think there's something to be said, and we'll talk about it where we see it in Scripture here in just a second, um, that there's something to be said for simply being quiet and allowing our souls to settle um, so that we can actually um, engage and experience intimacy with God. Yeah, it's, it's a, a little ambiguous. It, it is ambiguous, and it's a tough thing to uh, pursue and find time for as well, because um, just the world we live in, I guess, the, I mean, we wake up with a jarring noise from our alarm clock or our, our phone, and then we turn on the TV to see the news, and then we we drive to work and listen to a podcast. Or I guess we used to drive to work. We don't do that now, but uh, we're just always doing something, consuming some form of uh, media, either visually or you know audio media. And so it's a tough thing to find those times to to. And then when we do, it feels odd, you know. Whenever you're driving in the car and you're not listening to a podcast or you're not listening to music, it feels like really weird and. Yes. You hear all the noise your car is making that it shouldn't make. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, we're so just so accustomed, just accustomed to, to always having something going on that whenever we're, we're not, it feels weird. It, it sure does. It, it feels like you're not being effective. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think about it too. One of my favorite passages in the Lord of the Rings is uh, in the Fellowship of the Ring um, when um, Bilbo is about to go off on his journey at the very beginning, and he says this. He says, "I am old, Gandalf." I don't look it, but I'm going. I, I'm beginning to feel it in my heart of hearts. 
Well-preserved indeed. While I feel all thin, sort of stretched, if you know what I mean, like butter that has been scraped over too much bread. That can't be right. I need a change or something. And I can't help but wonder and think that's often how I feel um, with all of the demands and the voices in my life. I feel thin, stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. And when it comes to ministry, that's how we often feel. And it's the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude and contemplation that can keep us wholehearted and fit for ministry. I also like to think about it this way. You know, when you get on an airplane, uh, they say, put your own oxygen mask on first before you help others. And the idea of silence and solitude is like us putting on our own oxygen mask so that we can be fit and equipped to help others put theirs on as well. Um, we're no use if we're passed out um, from busyness and from uh, just all the noise in our lives. And so I really think this is a beautiful discipline. Um, and I'd love to talk about where we see it in the Bible, unless you have yeah. any other comments, Jacob. No, I don't. Why don't we do that now? Sure. Yeah. Well, how do we hear from God? I mean, I think First Kings chapter 19 is a great place to go. There you see Elijah, who is a prophet of God. He is discouraged at this point in his ministry because he's been following God's call, but the people aren't listening to him. And his life is being threatened by those in power at the time. And so he's very discouraged, so discouraged that he asks the Lord to take his life. Uh, and he comes to a cave um, on a mountain, and he is waiting to hear from God. He's waiting to be encouraged in the midst of his discouragement. And that's something I think we all desire to hear from God, to be encouraged by him, to be in tune with his voice. And then in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, this is what it says. There Elijah came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And another way to translate low whisper would be thin silence. And it's in that thin silence or that low whisper that Elijah heard from God. It wasn't in all the noise or um, the, the amazing uh, events that were happening before his eyes. Uh, it was in the silence uh, or the thin whisper um, thin silence that Elijah heard God's voice. And so it leads us uh, to um, make an application that oftentimes God's voice comes to us in a whisper, and we've got to silence our hearts in order to hear it. It's not in the magnificent or the extraordinary that we often hear God's voice. It's not in all the commotion in our lives where we're able to hear it. It's only after all those things have been silenced that we're able to tune in to what God wants for us in our specific situations. And so you see it there in 1 Kings 19. Another place you see it is in Isaiah 30, uh, where obviously the nation of Israel is running from God. They don't want to hear hard things from the prophets, and they're trusting in themselves and not in God. Uh, and they're a people described as full of oppression and perverseness. And... Um, 
we, uh, we read in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, it says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling, and you said, No, we will flee upon horses, therefore you shall flee away, and we will ride upon swift steeds, therefore your pursuers shall be swift. And so this idea that it's not in the activity of fleeing upon horses, but in the activity of returning and being quiet and resting in God's presence, where we're going to find strength. And so um, this beautiful invitation to quietness and trust, um, to return and to rest, is what God offers His people. But they weren't willing to, to, uh, to um, respond to that invitation. And... You know, I, I, I think there's lots of reasons why it's hard to stop and be quiet um, and uh, lots of factors at play um, that keep us from doing that. And you mentioned some of them, Jacob. I mean, I think of the busyness of having kids that are young, um, uh, all the noise in our lives with social media and constantly scrolling, uh, checking news, um, Netflix at night. I mean, these are all things that I'm engaged in personally. Um, and there comes a point in a week where I'm just like, I want some silence. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the noise to stop. I need to hear myself think. Um, I once heard a, a, of a, a pastor friend of mine and his dad. He said his dad was older. And when he was little, he would come into the living room and see his dad just sitting in the his recliner. And he obviously didn't have a phone at the time and no TV was on. He was just sitting there with a, a pen and a yellow pad. And my friend would ask his dad, Dad, what are you doing? And his dad would tell his son, Son, I'm thinking. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of an activity that we don't do much these days, just sitting and thinking, uh, being able to hear our own thoughts. And in many ways, silence and solitude allows us to do that, but geared towards thinking about who God is and what he wants for our lives. And if we don't carve it out, we're not going to experience it. That's right. So, so do you have any like practical tips that you can give folks? Because when I, when I hear you talk about silence and contemplation, I'm thinking of, um, you know, uh, climbing a mountain by myself for months and not seeing anybody. Um, but that's probably not what we're talking about. We, you know, we, we, all these, uh, all this noise and stuff is usually tied to some kind of responsibility that we have. Sure. So in the midst of all that, how do we find opportunities for silence and solitude? That's a great, yeah. I mean, responsibilities uh, and good things call for our time and attention. And this is where I really love to think about Jesus and his ministry. Because if you think about it, he was in demand. Uh, He had tons of responsibility um, and calls on his time and attention And what you see throughout the Gospels is that he constantly was a model for us in this regard of silence and solitude. He was regularly withdrawing to be alone, to connect with his Father, to be renewed, to care for himself so that he could move out and care for others. And I had a seminary professor that talked uh, about what he called the how much more hermeneutic, a, a way to interpret Scripture. And he would say, if Jesus found strength and vitality through silence and contemplation, if Jesus found strength from withdrawing to be with his Father, how much more do we need to do the same thing? 
I mean, because Jesus was God in the flesh, yet he still had to withdraw um, and, and carve out those spaces of silence and contemplation so that he could connect with his Father. How much more do we need it? And in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, just one of the instances where you see this, it says, But now even more, the report about Jesus went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And so if it was important for him uh, not to be going and doing at all times, certainly we can give ourselves permission not to be going and doing at all times and to carve out those spaces. And so what are some ways we can do that? I think that's a great place to maybe end. Um, And I'd love to bat it around with you, Jacob, a little bit. Um, Sure. I would imagine that most of us find this, this picture that's being painted to be fairly beautiful and attractive. We all would recognize that we want more silence and need more contemplation in our lives, but uh, we never really do it. And so um, in order to make it happen, we've got to hear Christ's invitation. Um, Another uh, place you see Jesus invite his apostles and disciples to this is, uh, I believe this is John um, chapter, or Mark chapter 6. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. They were doing amazing things, and he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. And so this is something that Jesus knows that we need, and he wants us to experience it. He wants us to have it, this rest, by ourselves. And so in order to make it happen, we've got to rehabituate ourselves. When I wake up in the morning, you know the first thing I reach for, Jacob? Uh, Phone. Phone. Man, I wish it was the Bible, but it's not. (laughs) My phone is right there by my bed. And I'll roll over and I'll grab my phone and I'll check my messages and check email and scan Twitter before I get out of bed. And um, you don't want to be legalistic with this, obviously. I mean, there's nothing evil about that or even sinful. But um, one one way that we can engage in, in contemplation and silence and solitude is simply putting some principles and guidelines in place. And one of them might be uh, Bible before phone in the morning. Um, and uh, it's really hard. You have to rehabituate yourself to do it. You've got to learn how to do it. It is a discipline. I mean, it's a discipline um, to reach for and to hear from God's Word first before you hear from CNN or Fox News or Twitter or Facebook. Um, and so that that's one way that um, we can think about cultivating silence and solitude. What are we doing in the morning? Because our morning ritual and routine is so important. It sets the course for the rest of the day in many ways. And I'm not very good at having a good morning routine. We can take small steps to disconnect, uh, maybe turning our phone off for an hour a day um, so that we're not uh, uh, gravitating towards it in the car. Um, one of my favorite spots is just to simply turn the radio off, no NPR, no music, and have those 15 to 20 minute car rides sometimes be in silence and in prayer. Um, you know, at night, um, not, not taking your phone or um, watching Netflix to end the day, uh, but potentially spending five or 10 minutes in prayer and God's word to end the day. Um, take five, 15 minutes in the middle of the day to be silent and just sit. I know that's hard, especially for stay-at-home moms and folks that are busy in the office, um, but to carve out those three to five-minute you know, spurts of silence and solitude can sometimes help settle our souls, especially as we use them for prayer and potentially contemplation of God's Word. 
And so there's small pockets through the day that I think that we can um, that we can maximize. Um, and obviously, like you say, we're not going to we don't have the ability to get up to a mountain for weeks on end. And we all have responsibilities and families to care for, but there are little pockets through the day where we can experience this discipline and uh, and experience uh, rest and renewal as we engage in in that discipline. Certainly. I I think there is something to be said, too, if you have the opportunity to get away for an afternoon and be outside uh, as you engage in silence and, and contemplation. That's something for me, I think, is is very powerful, is just being outside of a condition air conditioned room and out un, out from under the fluorescent lights can be kind of renewing along with all these different things yeah and you know i'd say too you're you're making me think of the idea of sabbath and it's very similar mm. to this discipline that we're talking about and in the scriptures you actually see a sabbath once a week um and then sometimes you see sabbaths happening um for longer extended periods of time um Every seven years, for instance, the land had a Sabbath so that it could lay fallow and rejuvenate itself. And then every 50 years, the year of Jubilee, when people were set free. And so I think we can carve out five or 10 minutes in the day, but it's always worthwhile thinking about what would it look like to carve out uh, maybe a day a month for a mm-hmm. more intentional Sabbath rest, and then maybe a week a year um, for vacation and Sabbath rest. Um, where you're able to engage it for longer periods of time. Obviously, you've got a plan for that, and it can't happen all the time, but it should happen sometimes during the year. Certainly, certainly. Well, Michael, I think we've given the folks uh, some good things to think about um, now that we now that we're done um, being a distraction in their ear with this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before we close out, anything anything final you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Um, if you have questions about silence and solitude or about spiritual disciplines, please email those questions to questions at trinitygracesa.org. We'd love to take a stab at those and, and talk about them on a future podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you later.